what, what do you think that's equivalent to in life in terms of, you know, just going around the board and picking up uh, 200? Well, well, I think a lot of people actually live their lives that way, which is mm. not the winning strategy. Essentially, that's like having a job and just working and getting paid every month. Mm. And that's it. Right. You don't um, you're not very intentional about actually acquiring assets um, that can potentially pay you an additional income or even more income over a time period. Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you? I'm feeling fantastic, Peter. Um, the weekend uh, just gone before we're shooting this um, episode. Uh, we had our annual Woke Finance football fundraiser uh, <laughs> where we uh, invite a handful of our, our donors and, and friends um, to um, take part in the tournament. Uh, to raise funds for World Finance. And uh, usually myself, uh, yourself, we're captains, we're on different teams. But I would like to say that, you know, for the second time in a row, I've been able to take my team to uh, victory um, in the World Finance fundraiser. So I'm pretty chuffed, I'm pretty excited. I'm feeling like a winner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your team, your team was really good. I'm not going to lie. Um no, your team was really good. Well done on winning. Um, and no, I definitely echo that as well. Um, <clears throat> for our supporters, everyone that came down, even people that couldn't come down and still donated to the fundraiser. Just a massive shout out to you all. Um, thank you, really appreciate it. Um, and as we would have said, even at the event as well, without your support from a financial perspective, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing in terms of going out into the community, um, delivering programs and workshops um, as well. So a massive shout out to all those that were able to support somehow um, as well in the day. Yeah, absolutely. We are more than uh, thankful. We, we have a heart of gratitude. We're so thankful for your contributions. Um, and I think what, what was really interesting was the fact that people really, really enjoyed themselves. They came up to me after the games and said, we want to do another one within the next few weeks. <laughs> so that was yeah. really interesting. <laughs> When, you, when you're so hyped up after, I love it, I love it, I love it. Then the next morning when you see how knackered you are after playing a few hours of football, you're you're regretting that. But no, absolutely. Um, and yeah, just again, yeah, massive shout out as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned some of our, our friends came down, which was definitely good to see them. And one of the things me and you, Jax, um, sometimes uh, take part with our friends is a particular game uh, that we play, which is going to be the basis of this particular episode. But before we do that, all our listeners, wherever you are, just a massive shout out. We appreciate you. We see you and we are very grateful for your ongoing support. But Jax, as I said, me and you and a few, you know, friends in various different accountability groups. I would probably say it's one of our most favourite games to to play. For me, it's definitely top two best games um, for me for various places and um, for various reasons. And that game, which many of our listeners all over the world will know about, is, of course, Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Come on, Monopoly, Monopoly, Monopoly. And I guess today we're going to talk a bit about why this game is so <laughs> important to us and more importantly what is taught us about money essentially how does that sound yeah I, I, i'm really I'm, I'm pretty excited about it is Mon monopoly is one of those games that i uh, came across quite late in my uh, actual life um by but after the first time playing i got pretty addicted and 
you're right, you know, within our, our um, accountability group and, and friendship group, we do have a certain group that love to play a game of, game of Monopoly. Uh, it's, it gets really competitive. It gets very, very competitive. <laughs> Just a bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, some of the games can last hours on end and we don't even feel it. So mm. um, definitely a, an, an amazing game. And of course, it's not just the game. I think the game teaches us some real life lessons, which we will cover in today's episode. And I actually want to kick off with uh, the first thing that I learned about Monopoly. Um, and then we will go back and forth and see kind of the, the different things that we picked up on. So for me, the first and probably the most prominent thing I, I learned about the game is you can't just go around the board picking up 200 Monopolies after you go past goal and win the game. Um, the whole essence of the game is to uh, earn enough income more than your, your peers or your or your um, your uh, the people you're facing and to bankrupt them, essentially. <laughs> that's the aim of the game. That, that's not the aim of life, but that's the aim <laughs> of that game. I, and so what I learned about the game is, you know, you can't just go around the board um, and, and, and pick up 200 at goal. You cannot win the game that way. You have to... Um, purchase some assets over time in order to actually get people um, to pay rent and, and that kind of stuff. What, what do you think that's equivalent to in life in terms of, you know, just going around the board and picking up uh, 200? Well, well, I think a lot of people actually live their life that way, which is mm. not the winning strategy. Essentially, that's like having a job and just working and getting paid every month. Mm. And that's it. Right. You don't um, you're not very intentional about actually acquiring assets um, that can potentially pay you an additional income or even more income over a time period. Um, and, and so, yeah, you know, you just you, you work, you work, you work, which is you go around the board and at the end of the period you get paid. And, and that's how some people play the game of life. Mm. No, I, 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 lo- I love that. I love that. And the, the other side of it um for me actually um and i've definitely learned this from um playing against you and co as well you said sometimes we can play for hours um and in those hours you have to learn how to be extremely patient (laughs) (laughs) and and when i say that like um you get for those that don't know how to play monopoly this might be a bit uh, strange to you but i definitely encourage you to go and play it man um and hopefully after you've listened to this episode you're gonna want to give it a try yourself um, and one of the reasons why I'll say that, Jax, is at the beginning of the game, you get given a certain amount of cash. We all get given an equal amount. And let's say we're rolling the dice, we get a bit lucky here and there. You can't just buy every single thing that you land on because you might find yourself literally just running out of cash before you even get to charge people rent. So you've got to really just take your time and really understand what you're doing over the course of the game. Absolutely, absolutely. So essentially what you're kind of saying is you you also have to have a bit of a plan. Absolutely, absolutely. And because in, in life, we might be fortunate enough to, I don't know, come into quite a bit of money for whatever reason. And you can't just go all out and just splash it out. You need to know where that is going. You need to know the external factors. So in Monopoly, your weight, you need to make sure that, yes, you've got land, but are people land, landing on that land? Is the price even right that you're charging them at that time? You're buying up all these land and spending all your cash. So you really need to plan when and how you're going to deploy your cash that you've got. Yeah, yeah. What I'm hearing there is, is having a plan and having having a a, a well uh, kind of thought through uh, strategy. Um, so for me, I think one of the things that I learned um, that can be really applicable to real life is most definitely the fact that life can throw 
some unexpected things at you. Same way the game can throw some unexpected things at you. So mm. on the board, there are these different kind of chess uh, areas where you land or, or, or chance. One of them is a chess box, I think, and the other is a chance, mm. which means, you know, sometimes things can just happen. You know, you land on this chance and then you have to pick up, um, you have to pick up a, a, a piece of paper that tells you what's happening, right? Mm. And so what I learned from this game is, you know, you have to be aware that life can happen and, you know, um, things do happen in life, but you have to be best prepared as possible. So, you know, as you go through the game, if you have managed, let's say, your money properly, you've got a bit of cash, um, you've got a bit of um, assets and that kind of stuff, things can be thrown at you, but generally it's not going to wipe you out. For some people, without the kind of thought process that, you know, something can happen, if you do pick up that chance and something negative happens, then it can actually wipe you out very, very quickly. The other side of that is uh, sometimes good things can happen to you, right? <laughs> sometimes mm. the chances are good. Um, but it's not just about, you know, hoping on luck because those things, when they do happen, you have to try and capitalize on it and then actually use that as a stepping stone to kind of get further into the game. Mm. Absolutely. Um, no, and I, I, I think one thing for me, uh, Jax, on Monopoly, and again, um, I think... You know, you can get different types of Monopoly boards, but essentially, you know, it's the same kind of general rules and stuff. But um, if you've got like a standard UK or uh, a UK version of Monopoly, particularly like London as well, the two most expensive assets or properties that you can buy tend to be, is it Park Lane and Mayfair, isn't it? That's correct, yes. Yeah, so, and those are the two um, most expensive properties whereby if anyone especially in the later stages of the game, if anyone um, that you're playing against um, land on those properties, listen, it can bankrupt people just like that. However, <laughs> what we usually find is that just because if those are the two only ones that you own, those two expensive um, properties, they're the only two you own, you can go a whole game. Everyone could be rolling their dice and never landing on it. And your money is just going and you're not getting no rent. And essentially what I'm essentially trying to say is that the most expensive assets are not always the best, especially oh, if you're just focusing on them because, you're, you're yes, you're focusing on cash flow, which is great. Um, and yes, when people land on it, brilliant. However, what are the costs to that? Yeah. Because you're literally waiting for that chance that people land on that particular asset as well. That's absolutely true. And actually, I can be I can be a very good example of that, where um, I think one of the last games I played, um, I actually got my hands on both these uh, two assets that can really uh, do well for you. And you get pretty excited, you know, knowing that, yeah, you've picked up the most expensive properties. Mm. But then for so long in the game, you realize people are not actually landing on those properties. Hmm. What's even worse is you are landing on theirs. Right. So you're very quickly running out of cash um, and no one's actually paying you rent. And I think what I learned from from that is, yes, you're right, you're like, you know, the most expensive properties are not always uh, the best properties uh, to own generally. But also, again, it comes down to cash management. Mm. Um, and I want to stay on this cash management uh, element because I think that's a very big part of the game. Um, as you said, we all start with a level of cash. And as the game goes on, you might spend some cash, you might earn some cash, etc. But I think it's always important to keep some cash um, and to manage cash throughout the game. And I think that's one of the things in life as well, that cash is one of the you know five different asset classes. And though it does come with a level of risk because it loses its value generally to inflation, 
cash also serves a purpose uh, in a sense that it is the most liquid asset and it can be used to pay for emergencies um, and it can be used to acquire assets as well, et cetera, et cetera. And it can be used to build assets. Mm. So it's really important to manage cash throughout the game. Um, and, then, and what we say as well is there is actually one uh, card in the game that causes you to pay uh, a fee for every single house and hotel that you own. <laughs> I, um, I remember I've landed on that before where I thought I was doing really, really well in a game. <laughs> and, you know, you land on this and you realise, actually, I've got so many costs now associated with the assets that I own that now I have to fork out a lot of cash. And if I haven't managed my cash properly, it could very well mean that now I have to actually sell assets in order to <laughs> realise that cash. So cash management is really, really important. Um, and also, you know, if you are someone who owns quite a bit of assets, you are even, you know, required to be better at cash management as well. No, I love it. Love it. Love it, man. Learning. Yeah, so much, so much learnings um, with this as well. Um, what else on your side in terms of things that Monopoly has taught you? I think one of the key ones, you know, the, the one of the most exciting and most frustrating part of the game is all the talking involved, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's all the negotiations that take yeah. place. And yeah, no thing. moderator. Everyone's just yapping <laughs> and yapping and saying, you can't do deals now. You're... Oh, gosh. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and I think that is important, you know, to note, because if you are someone who is a, go- a good deal maker, mm. then um, you may not have the most cash you may not have um, the most assets, but if you're able to negotiate good deals, then you can actually structure certain things in your favor to really mm. boost the, the chances of you winning the game or doing really well in the game. So mm. it does show that if you have good uh, negotiation skills, you know you can actually uh, shift um, or, or put the needle closer to you. I know you're right. Uh, it really forces you to come out of your shell and have those communication um, skills and play a role really within the game. Because if people know you outside of the game, they think they might know like your character and you might just be, I don't know, giving them a decent deal or that deal, etc. But you really got to understand what you're trying to do. And um, I remember most all the deals are public. It's in front of everyone. So you need to know the deal that you're making there to your to your neighbor, let's say in the game, the person on your left um, or on the other side is thinking, okay, you've made that deal. Why? How can I benefit off that? And you got to understand that's the psychology that's going f- through everyone's mind in the game as well. So yeah, it's quite um, a bit of a, uh, a mental gymnastics going on. Yeah, yeah. And if you're someone who lacks integrity, uh, as I, I think some of our friends may lack some integrity. <laughs> <laughs> no names mentioned. No names mentioned. <laughs> he Sometimes. probably knows who he is, the first set listed. <laughs> so, so someone mm, he's been me. on the podcast before, that's all I can say, but go on. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if that if someone makes a bad deal quite early on in the game or yeah. a selfish deal that benefits them and it actually harms someone else, it could come back to bite them in the future. <laughs> It could come back to bite them in a sense that actually sometimes later on when you actually need better deals with the same person because you cheated them um, or you cheated someone else or someone saw, they may say, for that reason, I am out. Out. <laughs> and also you you can look at, because a deal isn't, I wouldn't necessarily say a deal is cheating or anything, but the other person needs to understand what they're going into. And for less experienced players, uh, at some point down the line, they'll realise why they probably were cheated. Well, nothing is more frustrating than watching someone inexperienced get cheated right before your eyes and having them to completely ignore your piece of advice. 
<laughs> when you're screaming the advice at it. But again, this happens in life, isn't it, man? We yes, see people yes. making all sorts of financial decisions. Um, and you know, as a friend, and so we'll, you know, encourage them to, you know, maybe make a more informed decision. But this is life, man. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's why I love Monopoly so much. It is a very, very realistic game that, you know, can be um very practical in terms of just our day-to-day lives mm. um okay so th- there's one more that i learned and I, I learned this um kind of lesson from from uh someone that i went to university with this is before i played monopoly with you guys actually and we were playing for a very long time i'm talking mm-hmm. from maybe maybe like nine o'clock to like four in the morning i understand and very competitive game you mm. know six people and we got towards the end and i thought i was winning um, it was between me and someone else, and then and then there was a third person, right? And the third person ended up winning. Mm. And the way the person ended up winning was not because they owned the most assets or they had the most cash, but they had made so many deals with everybody, including myself and the other person, mm. that they were actually immune to Love everything. It. Love it. <laughs> they, so they basically didn't have to pay anything. They can go around the board and pay absolutely nothing. Mm. And I guess the lesson I learned from this in, in terms of translating it to real life is one, if your expenses are minimum, you do really, really well in life. <laughs> right. But secondly, if you're able to build good relationships with people um, who, you know, can, let, let's say, let them use your assets and that kind of stuff for free, you can actually do really, really well as well. So two things, relationship building um, and actually, you know, being able to uh, build these partnerships with different people. Mm. And again, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a thing where you have to gain monetary value. But if you don't have to pay something, that's something you can think about as well. So I'm thinking of an example where, let's say um, you want to have a mentor and uh, the mentor maybe, um, you know, wants to charge, but you haven't got the money to to, to pay for it. But you can say, hey, I'm willing to uh, do some free work for you, for example. Mm. And, you know, that's a way for you to actually gain a level of immunity in that respect, right? Mm. So yeah, if we, if we can keep our expenses really, really low, that's a very, very uh, practical way to actually win the game. Uh, a very, very... What's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's not an un that's the word, an unorthodox way of actually winning the game. Mm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've definitely seen that um work and play before as well. Um one thing I was gonna say, um, and we slightly alluded to it before is around putting your eggs in one basket. Um, or not uh, one thing I've learned is obviously not putting your all your eggs in one basket. And one of the ways this is done in the game is when you've um bought um a property and in monopoly you have the opportunity to build on that property so turn it continue spending money to build it into a a further houses and then up to a hotel but all you're really doing is just focusing on that one asset as well and you've not thought about all other things that you may own or have and i think generally in life man we 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 can't be putting all our eggs in one basket because what happens if no one doesn't land on those properties and you've been spending so much time so yeah, in life you've got to have a variety of different assets and um, from different asset classes. This is outside of prop, uh, not just including property. So yeah, man, that's definitely been a learning um for me over the years. That that's very true. And you know, uh, on the board, um, you've got some like train stations and some yeah. 
tactics and stuff like that, which um you may not respect um you know mm. when you start the game. But actually, I don't know about you, but there's times where I'm desperate for cash. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I own uh, four of those train stations and it comes and it becomes my emergency fund. So, an, amazing, <laughs> an amazing supplement where you need it. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I think I think the game of Monopoly is one of those games that you know um it, I think is a great family game to play to maybe teach your children yeah. about personal finance. Yeah. It's a good game to play with your friends. It's mm. competitive. It's fun. So, yeah, absolutely. I love the game and I've learned so much. You know, as I said, I've learned that you can't just go around the board and, and pick up a 200 and win the game. You have to own assets. Um, You do have to manage your cash quite, quite, quite well. You do have to have good negotiation skills. These are some of the things that are definitely... Oh, oh and also, you, you know, the power of immunity. Mm. These are the things that I would say are probably the most um, uh, important learnings for me for, from the game. What, what would you say are your thoughts on, you know, um, have you ever been in a game where it's pretty much coming to the end, there's maybe two or three people and it's clear one person is just about hanging on. They're going to be bankrupt very soon. You know how it is at that time where they're still hanging on. Is there an argument to, to and this is just a general question, but is there an argument to say know when to cut your losses or do you keep hanging on? Well, <laughs> I, I I think well that's a different because sometimes you, they, this person has no assets, bro, and if all the other two people they've cleaned the game, they've got everything. There is absolutely no way on this planet you are yeah. going to win this. But for some reason, you keep the game going on for hours so, and hours, but right. you could just be resting and watching the game unfold. <laughs> well, absolutely, you could definitely learn that. I think you just have to be very uh, mindful of the decision you're making when it comes to transiting this to real life. Yeah. Because I'm not a huge fan of people declaring bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah. Because it's one of those things where it may sound good. It may you may have uh, have some you know pros that say, hey, you know, because you're, you've declared bankruptcy, uh, creditors can't come after you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But actually, um, it, it can affect you for the next five years, right? Um, from for example, in my career, we can't. You, you probably can't do my job if you mm. are. Uh, if you've declared bankruptcy because you're not seen as fit and proper by the financial conduct authority so mm. um you have to be very careful of that yeah and i guess it might come to you know maybe even other assets as well that you might own as well um and i know we've i think we've talked a bit on you know some of our ep- episodes when to sell and things like that or yeah and things like that so no it's uh, interesting it was just really a question that just came because i've seen that so so many times where people are literally just holding on they the game stretches for an extra one to two hours because of that but it's the nature of the <laughs> game man <laughs> those people are so frustrated <laughs> i've definitely been one of those people still um <laughs> Um, cool. Um, I guess before we wrap up, we'll ask any final questions. But before we do that, just gonna give a shout out to where we're getting listeners from or an area where we've not really given a shout out before, where we have listeners. Um, and this area is the Bronx in New York City. Come on, come on, the come Bronx. On, come on, come on. <laughs> oh, I love I love I, I just seem to love New York, even though I've never been there before. Oh, well. Everyone that I know that has been there has really enjoyed it. So, yeah, welcome, the Bronx. Welcome to the Walk Finance Podcast. You were here with myself, Jax, and the co-host, Peter. On this podcast, we talk about all things finance and all things finance related. If you want to know more about what we do, because Walk Finance is actually much more than just a podcast, we are a social enterprise and do serve here in the community in the UK. 
head over to www.wokefinance.co.uk. And if you want to engage with us on socials, we are mostly on Instagram. That will be at Woke Finance Team. Again, that's at Woke Finance Team. But yeah, welcome to the Woke Finance Podcast. I hope you're enjoying it and gaining tons of value. Come on, come on, come on. A shout out to our listeners over in the Bronx and all over the world. Jax, any final points in terms of what you feel Monopoly we need to play it very soon, by the way. Hopefully we are anyway. It's definitely coming up in August. But any final thoughts on your times, um, on your side in regards to what the game has taught you? To be fair, I've just really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. I've enjoyed this conversation and I, and I really want to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I really want to play the game. So as I said, look, uh, the most important thing I learned was the fact that you just can't go around the board. The whole essence of the game is to actually, you know, pick up assets um, and and invest and be intentional and be strategic with your investing. And if you're able to do that over a decent period of time and, you know, how to negotiate, et cetera, then, then you will do well in a game, right? What I would say is um, there is an element of luck in the game. Mm. And I can see how that can translate into real life. Because, um, you know, we are all dealt uh, a different pack of cards. What, what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes in the game, before you can even get out and start, you know, acquiring assets, et cetera, you have to roll a certain number. Right? Mm-hmm. So it can be difficult when you feel like some people are ahead of you. Um, some people are already going uh, across the board mm-hmm. and you feel as if you haven't gotten started yet. In all honesty, yes, um, that is going to make a difference, generally speaking. But it doesn't have to make all the difference. Hmm. Um, again, it comes down to the intentionality. It comes down to um, learning, for example, how to no- negotiate. I've seen people that took uh, so long to even get started and may not have owned assets for quite a while, mm. um, may have just owned, let's say, one yellow building. And because of the great negotiation skills, because of their good management skills, money management skills, they've been able to hold on into the game. And then something turns out in their favor and mm. they can actually go on to win it. So it's never over. It is um, difficult sometimes. And as I said, luck can play a bit of a part. But generally speaking, for the long haul, it's not luck. It's actually how you manage yourself through the game and through the game of life. I love that. And it's a perfect end, even just for our listeners to realise that we're all going to have different starts, just like the game. Everyone might land on different parts and start in different areas, get assets at different time, much more quicker than someone else. But that's just part of life, man. We've all been born into different backgrounds, different circumstances, different environments. But it doesn't mean that you cannot navigate through the game of life, particularly when it comes to um, personal finance. And that's why we have you know, um, woke finance. And um, that's why there are um, other organisations like us um, trying to support people all over the world, actually. So um, no, I'm definitely in agreement, Jax, man. Just because we've got different starts in life, it doesn't mean we can't get to, you know, get on this personal finance journey and achieve financial freedom at some point in our lives. Absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. No, that was brilliant, man. Thanks for that, Jax, man. Always good to reflect, and we are definitely playing um soon. For our listeners, if you haven't played Monopoly, definitely encourage you to get onto that. Um, and yeah, as always, man, thank you very much for your ongoing support, Jax. Until the next time, and remember all stay, stay woke.